Pastor Xavier Reese and the blessings that follow those who follow God. Notice the promotion of Joseph came then by being the instrument of Yahweh. It's always interesting through Scripture how often God is behind the promotion of those who submit to Him. Any next step of the Lord is a promotion for your life, up or down from the intellectual perspective, okay? When you take your life in your own hands, you go down like Jonah, down the hole. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The book of James states, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, that's precisely the path that the Lord took with Joseph. And Pastor Xavier says that's the path the Lord can take with you in order to prepare you for His greater glory. Here he is with today's lesson, From Exalted Slave to Prisoner. Let's listen. You've heard about um, Corrie Ten Boom and how she and her family were imprisoned in Nazi concentration camps. And years after she was released, having gone through all the difficulties, she went around the country just sharing how God was in it in many different ways and how God had prepared her for the work that God had for her. And she brought so many people to the Lord, many of them the very guards that had uh, been so abusive and everything. Uh, incredible testimony. Uh, this is Joseph. He has been sold by his brothers to the Midianites or Ishmaelites. And then in turn, they have sold him to a, a man named Potiphar in Egypt here. And so what we want to do is look at the events that took place regarding Joseph while he's serving in the house of Potiphar. Let me read our text for us here, verse chapter 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the garden Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Uh, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And then he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he made him overseer over his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he did in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all things that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or be with her. But it happened after this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by the garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called uh, to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. 
He came into me and lied with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. And so he kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came to me to mock me. So it happened, as I lifted up my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. And so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. And then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. And the keeper of the prison did not look unto anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. The events that took place regarding Joseph here as he served in the house of Potiphar are characterized by the following. Notice first, the exaltation of Joseph in the house of Potiphar, verse 1 through 6. Secondly, the seduction of Joseph attempted by the wife of Potiphar, verse 7 down to a little bit more than the middle of verse 20. And then lastly, the promotion of Joseph, though he was imprisoned by Potiphar, the last part of verse 20 down to 23. The whole scenario unfolds for us here. Notice he begins with the exaltation of Joseph in the house of Potiphar. In verse 1 and 2, the promotion of Joseph came by being sold as a slave in Egypt. Usually you wouldn't think that this could turn out for good, but again, we have to understand who's behind everything that's going on here. It is God. His name was Potiphar, an Egyptian. His name means belonging to the sun. He's a pagan. Egypt's a type of the world, as you know in Scripture. He was an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard, meaning the prince or the ruler or the chieftain of the king's executioner. He's used to carrying out orders and putting people to death. He's the ruling executioner of Pharaoh. Now, notice he bought him from the Ishmaelites. This ties the last verse of chapter 37 to the events of chapter 39. In fact, the literal detour in chapter 38 of Judah gives us a little hint of what was going on in the heart of his brothers and maybe their regret and guilt by their treacherous lie to their father in the events of Joseph. And now we've left them and now we go back to Joseph as he's in Egypt. Notice that his exaltation not only came to, through the Egyptian, but to be positioned to fulfill the plans and the will of God. This is the whole goal. Yahweh enabled Joseph. It says Yahweh was with Joseph from the very onset we're told this. The covenant name of God, Yahweh, permeates the chapter. Yahweh made Joseph successful as a man. And he did it in the service to his master Potiphar while in his house. God blesses pagans to Christians? Absolutely. <laughs> Notice the promotion of Joseph came by being placed as the head steward of his house next in verse 3 
and 4. Potiphar understood God was with Joseph, we're told in verse 3. Now, we're never told how he knew, but it's evident that the manifestation of his work is the most immediate way. His master saw that Yahweh was with him, implying a personal relationship. I mean, many people are known for many things, but not that they're godly, not in the world. People should be able to see the difference between you as a Christian and people who are not Christians. Even good moral pagans and then you being a Christian, there's a difference. The good moral pagan who has ethics and morality, he'll let you know sooner or later. As a Christian, you're always pointing to Jesus. <laughs> that is not you. There's a difference. Now notice his master saw that Yahweh made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The word hand is key. Underline that. Yod. It is key to the text appearing eight times. Six times simply it is used symbolically to infer under the management and authority of Joseph, such as in this verse, and it's translated both hand and authority. Now, what I mean about symbolic is that he placed everything in his hand and it represents authority and for stewardship and management. The context will dictate. Now, the other two times it is used for a literal way, and you find them in verse 12 and 13, when um, Joseph left this robe in Potiphar's wife's hand. There it's very literal, her hand, while the other six are symbolic of authority and management. Now, look at verse 4. Potiphar understood the benefit of Joseph's stewardship, so Joseph found favor in the sight of his, um, and served him. Then he promoted Joseph to overseer of his house under his own authority for personal service. So he goes from a medial servant to being a personal servant of Potiphar. And all that he had, he put under his authority. It's always interesting through Scripture how often God is behind the promotion of those who submit to him. But remember, God's promotions are not always like the world, upward. Sometimes there's downwards. <laughs> Any next step of the Lord is a promotion for your life. Up or down from the intellectual perspective, okay? When you take your life in your own hands, you go down like Jonah. Down the hole. You become a sleeper. <laughs> Notice in verse 5 through 6, the promotion of Joseph came then by being the instrument of Yahweh. Potiphar was blessed due to Joseph. Notice the delegated position of Joseph is carefully recorded so as not to attribute it to coincidence. Listen to the words. So it was from, that, from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had. So it's not to coincidence this is God's doing. And then the deliberate blessing is stated that it not be attributed to Joseph. That the Lord Yahweh blessed the Egyptian's house, listen, for Joseph's sake. No coincidence, and it wasn't because of Joseph. It was because God was behind it, using Joseph. Potiphar was blessed 
in every level. Every level. Look at the end of verse 5. The source of the blessing is repeated for emphasis and the blessing of the Lord. The specific areas of the blessing are declared. The blessing of Yahweh was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Boy, this boy, he, he's reaping from every end. Because he's related, he's connected to one that belongs to God. Wow. Now you understand the principle of Corinthians where it says when a husband and wife, they're unequally yoked. And if the wife is a believer, the husband is a recipient of blessings from God because he lives in the same home. Or the reverse. Though they're not saved. Verse 6, Potiphar was wise enough to give Joseph full and complete authority over his affairs then. Notice Potiphar promotes Joseph again and gave him complete authority. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. Potiphar had complete trust and confidence in Joseph as a man of the highest integrity. In other words, he didn't handle anything or even knew of anything. He had complete trust and confidence. The only thing he kept himself was his private matters. And so Potiphar had an unforeseen potential problem that he's unaware. And it's given to us here before the scenario is given to us. It says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Joseph was 17 when his brother sold him to the Ishmaelites, as you know. Joseph um, had to have been 28 years old at this time because in chapter 41, verse 1 and 46, it says two years later, he was brought before Pharaoh where he was promoted for the interpreting the dream and he was 30 years of age. So he's 28 here. He's probably been serving Potiphar for 10 years, 10 years and a half, something like that. So his promotion was not overnight. Time had to run to understand the character of this young man. Too often in ministry, as crazy. Oh, Lord, come on, use me. You know, I want, I've been saved a day, a week. He was handsome in form, physical appearance. In appearance, which means visage or looks. He was a good-looking guy. 28 years old. When I was married almost two years, um, 1975, Trudy was pregnant with our first child, Mandy, our daughter. And I worked at Johnson Pump uh, over there in Glendora on Lone Hill where the new Toyota dealer is. That's where Johnson Pump used to be. I just graduated from Cal State LA. I had a BA, and here I was grinding pipes because I had to provide I was grinding big pipes. You know, they make some pumps for a lot of the uh, oil fields in Arabia and different places. And, uh, and I hadn't been there long when um, they bumped me from my job because it was union. And um, the only job left was for me to bump the sweeper. So I said, well, where's the broom? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even an hour after I was sweeping that uh, one of the company bosses came up to me and knew of an opening job in the filing department. And I'm not talking about filing papers, but uh, impeller filers that are made of brass. The only problem was that it has the highest eye injury because you're in a whole room and those little particles go all over. And I just lost my right eye two years previous to that. But my wife is pregnant and I'm walking with God and God's faithful to provide. So I'm... Um, I took the job regardless of the high risk. You see, things don't always work out or the way we think they're supposed to be, nor are they always the most congenial. 
God at times is in the most difficult situations to align us with his will for our lives. This does not mean that God brings evil to our lives if it encounters us, but that he will use it for his glory. This does not mean that God causes unnecessary pain and suffering just to inflict and to see us squirm. This means that God can see the future goal and he knows what needs to take place both circumstantially and personally in my life that I might be effective and obedient when he gets me to the place where he wants to get me. You understand? Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God will enable you as a believer with wisdom beyond your training and education to advance you in life if you will depend upon him. Your employee or employer will take notice of you if you are a diligent hard worker, guaranteed. Your employer will take more notice if you are a person of character and integrity because that is a lost quality in the world today. Your employer will note the distinction between you and the others at your work if you're a Christian. Though Christians can be a bad example too, and sometimes worse than non-believers. We don't want to paint a perfect picture here. So you want to make sure that you're an example. Very important. God will bless your employer and yourself through your faithful work as you trust and have confidence in God. He will bless your employer. Uh, through your diligent hard work, they're going to receive the primary benefit. Through your honesty and punctuality, not to extend your breaks, your lunch breaks, and being on time in the morning and not robbing your employer, witnessing while you're supposed to be working. You want to witness? Witness before work, at break, during lunch, after work, but not on your employer's time. Very important. That's robbing. God's not honored by that. Colossians 3.22 says, Bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as man pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Since we don't have slaves and master, the application is employee and employers there, as you know. Uh, am I a hard worker only when the boss is around or when people are looking? The exaltation of Joseph in the house of Potiphar was due to Yahweh. Very important. Now notice, secondly, you have the seduction of Joseph attempted by the wife of Potiphar in verse 7 down to a little bit more in the middle portion of verse 20. The wife of Potiphar could not restrain herself any longer from soliciting Joseph. She's had her eyes on him since he was 17. <laughs> I think she marked him the first day he walked in. She had been lusting after Joseph for a long time. She cast longing eyes on Joseph after his position of head steward now. I mean, now he's, he's, he's coming up in the ranks. Notice she approached Joseph. She's very subtle. Lie with me. Hmm. Notice she was refused by Joseph immediately. You know, someone said, hey, lie with me. Go, beg your pardon or what 
He just immediately, but he refused and said to his master's wife. I mean, he, he ready to respond right away, immediately. Notice the yielding to such an act would be to commit a treacherous breach of trust, first of all. That's how he first responded. So Joseph declares to her, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. So first of all, it's a treacherous breach of trust to my master. Whoa, who is this guy? Then the mild rebuke of Potiphar's wife by Joseph comes secondly. Adultery would be a crime against her husband. There is no one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. I have the ability to do and even cover myself, but I dare not break that breach of trust and I dare not sin against your husband. Whoa. And then the third declaration of Joseph to her regarding is regarding the primary person being betrayed by such an evil act. Are you ready for it? God, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, the primary person we sin against always is first God. Then it's with somebody else or against somebody else. You remember David as he made his confession of his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba? In Psalm 51, verse 4, he says this. He says, against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Wait, well, how about Uriah? How about Bathsheba? No, wait, wait. First, it's God. That's the primary one that we're sending against first. Now notice, verse 10 through 12, the wife of Potiphar became continually more aggressive towards Joseph. This woman has it bad. Verse 10, she pursued Joseph, attempting to wear him down. Uh, she spoke to Joseph day by day. You, you know anything about this? Remember being in the world? He did not heed her, either to lie with her or to be with her. It seems that she modified her approach. I mean, the lie with me didn't go over too well. So she said, well, you know, let's just be friends. Let's have some tea and this and that. Maybe you're careful, guys, okay? Be careful when a young lady invites you to have some Coke or coffee at 2 in the morning, okay? Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Don't blame somebody else or Satan. You know your flesh. It is funky and willing and ready to go. Any time. She plotted to trap Joseph and throw herself to him. Verse 11. The time came one day when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were inside. How convenient. This woman's slick. She's been at it for quite a while, by the way. The manner has, uh, was that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. The resistance of Joseph was incredible. Listen, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. First streaker in the Bible, Joseph. Gone. Straight out. Violence is implied here. Probably a long, loose robe or mantle, and she ripped that. She's aggressive. Verse 13 through 15, the wife of Potiphar, as a result, falsely accused Joseph of attempting to to rape her to the servants notice that I mean she's got to scramble now she's, she, she's got to cover herself uh, she must have been astonished when she saw him leave his garment and 
run outside. What's wrong with this guy? She was shocked, but she had to cover herself. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of resisting temptation. Now, we had to break in at this point in the story of Joseph because we've reached the end of time together for today, but there's so much more to come next time. Now, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up your own copy of this message, and the title to ask for is From Exalted Slave to Prisoner. It's available on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. So once again, the title to ask for is From Exalted Slave to Prisoner, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Could it be you're going through some tough times because it's God's perfect plan for you? Find out more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com